Everybody I read in the Southwest Conference, they talk about Texas in the last 10, 12 years has won two Southwest Conference. Houston, three. A&M finally won them one in 18 years. All right, guys, welcome to the Rough Rider Recruiting Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kamir Amrabi, and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. Stephen, how's life? It's Monday. It's great. It's busy. It's really busy, as people probably noticed without the uh, the podcast last week. Oh, man, just, just it's so much. <laughs> like, it was, ew, God. I just like every day something significant was happening. And it was, was like you and then Jack and then me and now Jack again. Yeah, because we were supposed to podcast last week and then I, I don't even. I, I had to work later or something. I can't remember what it even was. I went on a road trip and then you went to Tulsa and then Jack was supposed to join us tonight. And then this man's feeling woozy after he gave blood. So good job, Jack. <laughs> gave like a liter of blood. Yeah, two liters. Good, do- good job to Jack for donating blood for people that need it, I guess. I mean, like, I mean... Apparently they need it right now. That or yeah, plasma, I don't know. I definitely plasma, but I don't think, like, I mean, they want people's plasma that have had COVID, and I don't think Jack has had COVID. He can get it, though, if it goes yeah. to still water. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, dang, like, have you... Have you thought about getting tested for COVID? Just be like um, asymptomatic, because I know like the pump is one of your favorite establishments. Yeah, I've considered it a few times, but or I just haven't done like it. A, like an antigen I'm, antibody. I'm waiting test. for the saliva test. Uh, no, yes, seriously, that's like that's a that's that's a game changer. Like that's the stuff that like they just they do for the flu, and now it's like oh yeah, by the way, you can do the same thing for COVID, which is way less expensive and and easier to ship to everybody. And apparently it's faster. Yeah. Like you get your results like same day or something. It's fantastic. It's like that's just like that's just good news all around, especially while we're <laughs> heading into flu season. Like it's well, been shit news after like shit news. It really has been just really awful. Like the only <laughs> thing, the only thing going solid for the United States right now is that the NBA playoffs are happening in full effect and nothing can stop it. Like that's the only good news. Like. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really about it. I mean, like, I guess you could count football, NFL football, definitely happening. And I did you see that Kirk Herbstreet and it's not Lee Corsa? Who's is it? Nestler? I can't remember. One of them's Kirk Herbstreet. Do you see that with the lack of college football games happening that on Saturdays, they're going to move into even calling NFL games? That'd be cool. I always like Kirk. Yeah, Kirk's good, and. Uh, they're going to call the Steelers game to open the season, and I'm pretty excited about it. Like, I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm curious to see what Herb Street has to say from like the pro side. It's a little bit different. Can't be worse than Booger McFarlane. Gosh, that guy's an idiot. Joey Galloway's an idiot. <laughs> Who's who? Are, uh, Desmond Howard's not too bad, but Galloway is something He special. can get there, though. He has some low moments. He you know, Didn't he say something about Baylor winning the conference when they won like one game? Uh, I think that was JoJo. Look, I get them mixed up because like their takes are so trash. Where but, JoJo's like, I'm taking Baylor, and it's yeah, like they yeah, went it was Galloway. like one in forty six last yeah. last season. Not good, but I mean, yeah, Desmond Howard's more reasonable, but Joey Galloway is just insane. I mean, I mean, it's Ohio State, now, <laughs> I guess. But I was uh, I was reading stuff on the internet, and uh, yeah, I was reading stuff and. I saw a really embarrassing story 
of this girl that had like in gym class or something or whatever the teacher was like they were stretching or something to that effect and like this girl like in junior high or maybe maybe late elementary school just like blew a massive fart into her (laughs) gym teacher's face while they were doing something and like that's mortifying and and it, it reminded me of like my most embarrassing story like i didn't I didn't even... You farted on your gym teacher? No. Cl- it's like the reverse, actually. It's kind of weird. Like, it, like <laughs> I, I didn't do the weird thing. Like, so, like, we're in, we're in Algebra 1 in junior high. And we had a, uh, a teacher that seemed cool at first, but then, like, she sucked and whatever. But uh, sh- she had her desks in rows, duh. And... She was talking to my friend Eric right beside me, uh, to my right, and so like her backside is faced towards me, and I was like looking at Eric, and we were making faces at each other, and like doing you know <laughs> dumb shit, and she blew a massive fart right in my face. <laughs> like, so you you were the victim of a embarrassing yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, but man, every time afterwards she would walk by me, my friends would make fart noises. And like, and that's just, that's just the worst. Like, cause she turned around and it was like, "Whoops, sorry." And I was like, "I just ate this lady's fart." Like, what? Like, you gonna say sorry? I'm gonna file a lawsuit against you. What's wrong with you? It's like, you should have oh, just man. gone straight to like the nurse's office for like pink eye. <laughs> like AIDS. I don't know. <laughs> do you, like, do you have a do you have an embarrassing moment you remember from school? No, I had a weird moment today, though. What what happened? I had some lady, like, just randomly. I have no idea who this was. She just, like, stop, stops me, and she's like, you know you don't have to wear that mask. And I was like, uh, you know, kind of do, because it's a city ordinance or county or whatever it is, something above my pay grade. And she's like, no, this is all a plan. And I was like, what's it a plan for? <laughs> like, I don't care if I have to wear a mask. I'm ugly. I like wearing masks. <laughs> You're ugly too. It's, a plan. It's, all, it's all a plan, bro. But she like went on for like ten minutes about it, and I was like, I gotta go. I have to go live my life somewhere else. That sounds awful. Didn't you know after November third, it's all gonna go away? Yeah, I didn't know those people like actually existed. I thought it was just like a Twitter video ploy where just, just get like retweets. They exist just on Facebook. Yeah, but they're they're really out there. They're out there in the wild, but. Oh, man, I guess we should talk about football stuff. I mean, might as well, I guess. So we, we have recruiting stuff. I mean, Kelvin Gilliam is supposed to re- commit within the week, uh, I guess about, what, Saturday, Sunday, the 22nd? The 22nd, yeah. Tristan Lee is actually going to be in Norman soon, or maybe with a Sooner Summit. Who knows? I don't. It doesn't look like uh, a very prominent wide receiver is going to make it in. And there's just a, a ton of league news going down, just like, the ACC, the ACC of all conferences leading the way along with the SEC to play football, and then the Big Ten opting out, and just a lot of things after OK, no, OKC, yeah, after Lincoln Riley kind of broke practice for like four or five days and then coming back and just, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. But anyways, let's get under recruiting. Savion Bird has been, I mean, he's been trending to Oklahoma for a long time, but now it seems a lot more clearer than anything else, and it's getting a ton of traction. And 
I mean, would you suggest that Savion Bird and Kamar Wheaton, because both of them were being actively recruited by, I mean, LSU, Texas, and for some reason, SMU was a pretty big, decent dark horse in both their in both the recruitments. Right. I mean, is it just a coincidence that both dudes may likely end up at OU, or is it like a one? plus two kind of deal because both of them were trending to SMU for a minute. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Um, I don't think it's really a package deal both ways. I think if, if OU landed Kamar Wheaton, that gives them a much better chance. Not that they're in a bad place with Bird, but it would put them in a great spot to land Bird. I don't think it's the other way around, though. I think if, if OU landed Bird, Kamar Wheaton's a little bit of a, a lone wolf, I guess, for recruiting, um, that it wouldn't really impact him too much. And Savion Bird, if and when he does commit to Oklahoma, because it looks like really positively going for Bill Beatonbo these days, do you see him more as an interior guy as opposed to being on the edge as a tackle? Um, I think he's I think he's a tackle. Um, he needs to work on his footwork a little bit. Um, I think it's just because he's been playing a little bit out of position for a while. Um, but his his body type looks exactly what you want in an offensive tackle. It's just really interesting as far as a lot of these guys, you know, Oklahoma is recruiting states typically that are still having fall seasons, which is really nice for Oklahoma. I mean, it sucks if you're in the Pac-12 or, hell, if you're trying to recruit in the Big Ten and you're not able to play. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma is specifically recruiting guys from states because there are football schools that aren't pushing it back besides California, I guess. Um, but, yeah, Savion Bird looking really good. But, I mean, Oklahoma line de- linebacker depth, is something just, yeah, man, it's just, it's been no good. I mean, David Aguebu is now being practiced on inside, giving another look after the Caleb Kelly stuff. And imagine having a linebacker that's six foot, an inside linebacker, six foot five, 240. Like, Jesus. Like, not how, terrible. Not a, not a bad problem. That's a, that's, that's probably the biggest linebacker Oklahoma's had on, on the inside, the Mike or the Will, in quite some time, I imagine. I think it's 6'5", 250, or 6'5", 245. It's just a massive and long athlete. But linebacker depth is bad, man. Um, and Oklahoma wanted to make Kendall Daniels a linebacker because he was going to be bigger by the time he got on a campus. And now they're going after Trevin Wallace, a Boston college commit from Georgia. Like, So <laughs> I just – Oklahoma is able to recruit – pretty good guys and almost elite guys on the edges as far as rush edge and defensive end where Ronnie Perkins is at. I mean, they're getting four, four star guys, pretty, pretty blue, good blue chippers. And they're able to get, uh, they, they're able to get, you know, defensive backs, four star guys. Uh, they're trending their defensive back by type differently, but still they're able to get typically those four star guys, high, high level three star guys. But man, they, to save their lives, it seems like Oklahoma cannot recruit elite to blue chip, even blue chip inside linebackers. And why is that a thing? And is there a big gap in talent as far as like Oklahoma going from maybe a guy like you know Kendall Daniels, who they might want to play on the inside or outside or wherever he fits, to now like you're you are barking up Boston College's tree to get a three star linebacker out of Georgia. Well, to start, I think when you look at a linebacker in the Big 12, it's not super appealing, especially in the inside where you have to chase guys 
across the field. A lot of the, ones, the more elite guys want to play um, like a true inside linebacker, go to like Georgia perhaps, and just play against the run. Um, at OU, at least the perception anyways, is you're going to have to run around. You're going to have to kind of be a DB here and there. You have to come up, uh, make some plays against offenses that are going to do a lot of misdirection. They're going to throw a lot, and they're going to go up, up tempo. Wouldn't you want to? Like, but wouldn't you want to play in the Big Twelve right now? Since that's literally the direction the NFL is going. Everybody's looking like everybody's looking at what Lincoln Riley is doing. Right. Like, all the NFL offenses are trending toward that. Like in Kenneth Murray, there's no coincidence that he had a breakout year and he went in the first round. But Dan right. went another year in this defense. He, probably, he could have been a top fifteen pick. And then that's going to help OU down the road. Um, but you have to see that work in the NFL right. first. Uh, or at least, you know, a majority of teams go that way, and it's starting to trend that way. I mean, hell, um, even, even Alabama and the SEC are yeah, trending Yeah, they've that gone way. spread. Like a spread power. Um, Ohio State, spread power. Clemson, they like to throw the ball a lot. You know, yeah. pretty much everybody but Texas. And Texas, is, you know, they're, they're starting to go air raid. Uh, we'll see where that goes with yeah. plenty of yours, but... Um, as far as talent, uh, you know, Trevor Wallace, he's a guy that I think, um, I think he was injured a little bit last year, kind of got over or uh, overlooked a little bit with, uh, oh, what's his name? Smell Munden being like the big Georgia linebacker guy. So, um, he's a little bit underrated. I think Boston college kind of swept in there and got that, that pretty soon. Um, there is a talent gap, but I think as far as, you know, you're looking at ceilings. I don't think it's too too big of a gap to say this this is just not going to work out. And is is Oklahoma going to have to really rely on these really good evals on three star guys or guys out of position, and and to have a success with those guys before they actually start getting these high caliber four star five star inside linebackers? Because I mean, Kenneth Murray, he was he because Kenneth Murray. A four-star prospect, or he's a three-star. He was a. Uh, he might have been like a fringe, fringe I, four. I, I think he was three-star though. He was an outside linebacker, and I mean, like the the story writes itself. And then, of course, you got Brian Asamoa, who's a three-star guy. Uh, Dom Dominic Alexander was a three-star guy, and now now you have a legitimate linebacker coach, and Brian Odom, who's able to coach him up well. And so, are, is Oklahoma gonna have to put? success in the field before they even start to get those guys like Deshaun White on the regular? Yeah, you know, they have to make it look like Kenneth Murray isn't an anomaly in that program. Um, that doesn't mean they need to put like a first-round linebacker in the draft every year, but you're going to have to find guys that are going to be on award list, watch list, that kind of thing. They just need to make it seem like it's a trend. And, and, and that's just the way that the defense has to go. I mean, the offense, and I, I agree because the offense, hell, like you, they saw one year of Lincoln Riley and then, like, Lincoln Riley inherited a Baker Mayfield and a Joe Mixon, so it wasn't exactly too tough for him to figure out an offense to work around that. And then, of course, everybody just kept on piling in, and then, like, I mean, the next thing you know, you have three five-star receivers in your lap. I mean, it's just it's just a, a part of the product on the field, and so I think defense definitely took notice of what Alex Grinch is doing. And, I mean, Calvin Thibodeau, I don't think he gets enough – recognition for his effort on the recruiting trail i mean it just doesn't seem like he gets enough recognition what do you think about calvin thibodeau's kind of job because people honestly like (laughs) for some reason have been trying to call for his head a lot over the last couple seasons yeah i mean you go from a defensive line that 
you know, was pretty much, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Let's be honest. It wasn't terrible, but um, there's a lot of room for improvement. And you go to like a Mike Stoop system, it doesn't do you any do you any favors. Now you go to Alex Grinch system where you got guys going upfield. That's where you start to see Calvin Thibodeau and his guys start to, to really make a difference. Yeah, and so I think I think Jamar Kane is making a massive imprint on the recruiting trail before he even coaches a game, which is great news, and that's it's great to see. So hopefully Oklahoma's defensive line, if Perry Winfrey actually is the dude that people are saying that he is. I mean, it, it just takes them a step further on into the season into recruiting those bigger-name guys without having to actually go to the JUCO ranks. I mean, there's a reason why that – I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a reason why that they took uh, – oh, what's the guy's name? They, they got committed from Iowa Western, and nobody acknowledged his commitment. Isaiah Coe? Isaiah Coe. That's what it was. And it's just like they – that's a that's a guy you don't want to have to take unless all the other options were there. But I mean, he's, it's not like Isaiah Coe's a bad option. It's just you would kind of just rather have the four star guy that is going to be a freshman that you can register instead of maybe having three years to play. Right. So I mean, in talking about Kamar Wheaton like we did earlier, I mean the Texas boards <clears throat> are hot. And they still believe that Kamar Wheaton is like apparently, you know, Kamar Wheaton flashed the horns up, and Texas fans are convinced that Demarco Murray is not going to be able to reel it in. That Demarco Murray is out of touch with recruits, and I mean, some Sooner folks are really, really positive as far as they think Kamar Wheaton is to OU is a done deal. Some people are not so sure. What's your read on Kamar Wheaton <laughs> and the guys in Norman? You know. Kamarmi, it's just a weird situation because he doesn't really talk about his recruitment too much. At least a, he'll talk to maybe some national guys, but even them, they're you know they're kind of stumbled on like you know I think he's going to go to Texas. I think he's going to go to OU. Um, some have seen SMU there for quite some while, uh, but it's just hard to get a read on. I don't think he really he gives too much away. So anyone that has like a sure surefire bet is probably kind of making some stuff up for a fan base. And that makes sense. And, you know, Kamar Wheaton, a five-star guy, Oklahoma already has, depending what recruiting service you look at, Oklahoma already has a Caleb Williams and Mario Williams, five-star guys, and then even guys like Bryce Foster, who seem like, you know, it's been a minute since they were they, their recruiting has been visited, but seems like in Oklahoma lean, despite his brother actually going and playing at A&M a while back, I mean, Oklahoma's still definitely in the running for what? having four to five five-star commits depending upon what Emeka uh, is going to do. <clears throat> right, and you look at the Sooner Summit coming up, you know, Kamar Wheaton is definitely a name that you want to watch there. Um, I don't think it's ever been confirmed, but you have to think with Caleb Williams, maybe a Bryce Foster, they can they can especially get Kamar Wheaton on campus. And so the, the, the Sooner Summit is supposed to happen, and I think Tristan Lee has mentioned it, just like spending a week in Norman or a few days in Norman with the guys right. on campus, and I don't even, I don't even know how the logistics of that work. Like, are you are you just gonna get like a, a Airbnb, or are you are you gonna <laughs> get a hotel room and just hang out in Norman for a few days? Like, what is that? What is that even gonna be like? Like, how does that work as a high school? I think student? Uh, you just Airbnb it. I think they can do campus tours. Yeah. Um, the one thing they can't do is obviously be guided by a coach. Can't go through the facilities as a like a unofficial visit or official visit that kind of thing i mean you can't legally do that right i mean you have to go just like some some back alley somewhere in norman 
and to meet up with a coach, but they can't have face-to-face talks. They can't really engage with any of the staff there. Um, it's more them getting a feel for the town and the campus. I mean, and just just hearing any of that is good news for any Sooner fan ever. Just like that guys that are like Tristan Lee's caliber and maybe Kamar Wheaton, who at the last time I checked was supposed to be a Sooner Summit attendee, and other guys like that they are just like really high caliber guys just being on campus all together with the number one quarterback in the country and maybe the number one player in the country for this recruiting cycle. I mean, you got to like it. And with the coming upcoming commitment of of Kelvin Gilliam, I mean, it doesn't hurt that his teammate Damon Harmon is already committed to OU. And do you think Oklahoma took Damon Harmon not just because like I mean he's he's friends with Caleb Williams and but almost as if that they didn't necessarily need Damon Harmon, but honestly the recruitment of Kelvin Gilliam wasn't exactly I mean, it, it did them favors to have Damon Carmen <laughs> commit to OU? Um, there might be a little bit of truth to that. I think OU is always in a good spot now. Um, Penn State was pushing and probably pushed a little bit too much to where OU kind of felt uncomfortable, and they were like, you know, we need to get Damon Harmon involved. Um, but he's a great player by himself. I think if, if they landed Damon Harmon and Kelvin Gilliam goes somewhere else, I think they'd, they'd be just as happy. And Gilliam is, is he? What do you think he would be a pure edge guy on the defensive end, or do you think he would end up because Alex Grinch? I, I'm not the biggest fan of what he does on the defensive line as far as the nose tackle to the defensive tackle and the actual defensive end. Like they just rotate bodies in and right. out, and guys might be. You might have like, you know, Neville Gallimore who's barely under, barely under 300 last year playing that that spot and then the next thing you know it's a guy that's 30 pounds lighter playing in the same exact spot and so i don't necessarily love that and but i mean it do you think he's gonna be a guy that's interchangeable like that from defensive end to tackle or do you think he'd be a purely a defensive end guy uh i think he in some systems he could play on the edge a little bit but i think in ou system he's especially an interior defensive lineman or what you know defensive tackle nose tackle whatever you want to call it um yeah, he's 6'3". He navigates traffic well. He uses his hands well. Um, he can get up field, and that's exactly what they want on the defensive line. And Gilliam, like you said, uh, is going to commit on the 22nd. So, And it's trending pretty positively for the Sooners, as, right. just as today, not long before we got on the podcast, Jalen Milrow from Texas decommitted. So, well, I mean, I don't think there's any coincidence that Quinn Ewers <laughs> – it commits for 2022 and then Milrose suddenly an Alabama commit. I don't think there's any coincidence there at all considering the type of offense Milrose runs and Ewers runs. So I just, did you see Ewers, Ewers haircut side by side with the Tiger King? Oh yeah, I did see that. That was, that was kind of crazy. Like that, is that planned? <laughs> uh, I don't think so, but you know, I don't know if a lot of people knew what Tiger King looked like before the the documentary came out. That's true. That's true. But oh man, we have a lot more stuff to bring you guys. Uh, we've got you know league news, Kennedy Brooks. Are there more guys possibly going to opt out? Uh, they've got the season schedule. Jalen Redmond uh, just enjoying his time off. The Big Twelve. Just everything. A lot more. Um, 
But before that, we have a break for our sponsors. So you guys go. All right, Steven. So OU, they gave their players officially the opt-out form um, to, you know, if a player wants to redshirt for the year, maybe if they're a sophomore and they're just in not the best condition to make an impact this year, so they, they spend a year redshirting so they can opt out. Or uh, maybe a guy uh, like Kennedy Brooks who looks like he's opting out and just going to go to the NFL. I mean, that's, that's what happened for OU. And Sermon, of course, transferred to Ohio State, and people are like, okay, well, Oklahoma still has Kennedy Brooks and and Stevenson, and then you get hit yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. There's so much stuff that's happened like the last week that all of a sudden, oh, Kennedy Brooks is now opting out of the season, to, and it looks like he won't be coming back. And then, of course, Stevenson is still suspended for three to five games that we'd have no idea with the season coming up in less than a month you have three weeks essentially and so are there other names on the team that they don't even they they might even be seniors they might be freshmen or sophomores but are there other guys on the team that you may question may opt out i think you immediately look at creed humphrey um as a name because he's a guy that i think a lot of people have written down as a an early round uh draftee um i'm not sure what how far that would go because he's he's been a big proponent of you know we want to play um being pretty active on twitter about about having a season um but that would be like the first name but you also brought up before the podcast like ronnie perkins um already serving suspension i mean what more could he put on film let's say he wants to jump to the nfl after the season what is four games going to do for him yeah i I just i i can't think of anybody else that maybe like a marquise hayes like, yeah, I, I thought of maybe the offensive line in, in Hayes because, I mean, Patrick Fields is not, DTY is not, no linebackers. Ronnie Perkins is the only guy on the defensive line. And then you look at the offense, and all the skill guys are young. So it's like, okay, who else, who else would it be? Hayes, a guy on the offensive line? Like, more guys on the offensive line? I, I, I just don't see where else guys would just exit. Maybe Theo Howard? Yeah, that's true. But I mean, he needs to put some more film out too. So I can't. I can't really think. Would of a Trey Brown, maybe? See, man, I thought of Trey. I really thought of Trey Brown, but I I can't think of a good reason as far as how what good would come out of that other than just not playing and getting your body right for next year because he couldn't opt out and go to the NFL. I mean, he has a lot more to prove than Parnell Motley does. Right. So I, I thought about Trey Brown, and I, I, I thought maybe Jaden Davis, just in case, you know, let's say, uh, let's say, uh, oh, Trey Norwood gets the opposite starting position. Maybe Jaden Davis opts out of the season to get his body in better shape and whatever. I, I, I just, or maybe Trey Norwood himself. Or what about like Tanner Mordecai? Save yourself a, basically get another red shirt. Yeah. Yes, and because they, they're getting the impression that. You know, opting out during this time, uh, even if they are redshirted, they get that extra year because right. of the pandemic, which makes sense. So now, like, with the running back situation, you have Stevenson, who is suspended for three to five games, not knowing, you know, if it's going to be shortened, if it's going to stay the same. And then first man up, you have Pledger, then Marcus Major, and then Seth McGowan. And then you have freshman and, and Mikey Henderson, who was a fullback, his H-back, 
and that's been moved to running back. You have Brian Darby, who is a receiver, coming into Norman. And so now you just have, I mean, scholarship guys that can play there, but honestly, you're looking at Pledger and Major, and then you hope you can ride those guys for the first four games before Stevenson gets back, right? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think you start with Pledger. I mean, he's the guy that's been there the longest, probably understands the offense the best. Um, as far as, like, physical upside, I think you probably look at, like, a guy like Major um, being a guy that has more of a breakaway speed, can, you know, play the passing game a little bit for you. Uh, but it all comes down to can you get Stevenson back in three games? Um, if not, you know, you have to make sure McGowan's ready. And McGowan's a guy that could probably start right away for a lot of programs. Um, he's a one-cut guy, kind of like a Rodney Anderson almost, maybe with a bit, little bit more wiggle, less uh, physical upside. But, I mean, they're not they're not struggling for talent there. They just need experience. I mean, and Pledger changed his number to a single digit, so you know it's his. That's how you know. Right? That's how you yeah. know. And, I mean, he, he did. I mean, he, he looks really cut up. And, honest, honestly, in this sort of offense, you would rather have I, – you I don't think you would want a Samaj AP, Ryan, kind of guy. You would rather have kind of like a water bug, you know, stout running back. Not somebody like Roy Finch who just got demolished in pass pro every time. <laughs> Forgets to play. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think I think TJ Pledger is a lot better suited to play running back than Roy Finch was because of how quick cut ability he has with the speed he does have and and we and we were talking before the podcast like, he reminds me of Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU just he's a smaller guy can play in the passing game is a good running back a good dump off option for Spencer Rattler and I think he might be have, I mean I think I think Pledger could possibly if he breaks out in his first four games if he has a really good texas game or a really good you know iowa state game he could just seize it because kennedy brooks decided to opt out i mean could you see pledger being the the major contributor even though mark <laughs> major that tj uh, pledger being the major contributor this year and then marcus major being second yeah I, he could be one of those guys maybe maybe like a 60 40 split or 55 45 split um, we have yet to see him, you know, get a full game's worth of snaps, but right. um, in limited time, I mean, he's been pretty impressive. And I just think he's unlike maybe Marcus Major, Seth McGowan, or Stevenson, or even in Kennedy Brooks. I think Pledger, out of those guys, is the most dangerous in the open field. I mean, Kennedy Brooks is one of the nation's leaders in yards after contact and yards after contact especially on a counter play around the edges of the offensive line and i think that's just because of how wide open the oklahoma offense is and and like in kennedy brooks is really good at reading lanes and stuff like that but i mean he wasn't going to make a ton of guys miss as soon as he caught the ball he was just going to catch it wrap it up and like put both arms around the football (laughs) and then he was going to make the rest of it work and so I just I think it's just pretty interesting how that might work out as far as the running back situation. And I mean, the Sooners they came out with their updated schedule, and they even said stadium capacity. And I think this surprised you to at to twenty five percent. I mean, what what's your thinking on that? Yeah, it was only like what uh, about three weeks ago. Um, there's some sources like you know I don't think there's going to be people in the stadium, but. Um, like I guess they're gonna go twenty five percent, which is what like twenty, about twenty thousand or so. Yeah. So I mean, I think they've taken some precautions. They announced some steps, um, a lot of cleaning stations, uh, touchless fixtures, touchless or 
no exchange worth of like cash or you know coins and stuff at, at concession so they're going to give it an attempt i'm not sure if they if it stays we'll see how that goes but um you know the money revenues there where they can they feel comfortable enough to give it a chance i just man i just don't see it i'm working out i'm waiting for the first time that some guy named jim bob from katusa shows up to norman and hasn't read any of the specifics as far as the game is concerned but he knows he has an electronic ticket and he brings like he brings his wallet he brings his cash and goes to like get a beer goes to get nachos and he they they won't take his card <laughs> or they they won't take they won't take cash and he's going to lose his shit he's like what's apple pay what yeah. do you mean i can pay with my phone it's like, like it, he would be the same type of guy that thinks like direct deposit is the sign of the end of the times because <laughs> they want the cash in their hands. It's, it's just back incredible. at seventy five. It's in, it's incredible, and and the Sooners like they 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 updated their schedule, and now suddenly Baylor's not the first game on it. Of, of course, you have Missouri State taking their money to just get their butts handed to them, and then you, you have like several bye weeks involved. You have K State and Norman, Iowa State on the road, but like there's. There's likely to be 25% fans or no fans by this time. So having maybe like the second or third largest stadium in the Big 12 in Ames isn't as daunting if you have only 20% to 10 to no percent of the fans in the stands. So that's not as terrifying. But if you look at the schedule, I mean, if the Sooners can honestly get through Kansas State through Texas with one loss... I mean, how does that shape up for the rest of the season? I mean, the the back half of the season is not back loaded. I mean, it, it's it's front loaded entirely. In the back half, you just score sixty points a game, other than OSU and Norman. Yeah, you could you could worry a little bit about a hangover, you know, after Texas going into TCU and maybe even Texas Tech. Um, but by then, I think you have the system down. You know who your players are. Um, you know who the playmakers are. Maybe you get some guys back by that time. Um, but really, I think the biggest game there is that K-State game because you have a lot to prove, um, especially in the trenches. Yeah, and, and that's 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 something that, as far as Oklahoma on the defensive line, that's gonna that seems like it's going to be problematic that, I mean, Ronnie Perkins is not there. Maybe you don't have Redmond. We don't even know like we don't even know what's gonna happen with Redmond. It, it, he might be suspended one game, a couple games, or no games. I mean, it was he it did it did go down as a DUI. Um, it was not alcohol, and I mean, I, <laughs> how how is that? I I know and I know they're gonna appeal or something like that. But I mean, how does how does that punishment not just get? Stadium steps. How does that? How, how would they even suspend him for more than one game? I think you do it for one game because that Missouri, Missouri State game, you really don't need Redmond anyways. Um, but you also have to send a message to your team, like just don't be a dumbass. Like don't, don't go out. You, I mean, you have a responsibility. We're paying all this money. Um, we're taking all these steps to get a season in while you have the Big Ten and the Pac-12 already canceling. You know, we send you home for a week, and you know. You already have a DUI, so it's one of those things. Like, just don't be a dumbass. Um, especially, don't get a DUI. Like, like, it's just shitty. Even if it, you know it's not alcohol, but I mean, it, and it's just it's a lot of it's just so. Oh man, it's just Lincoln because the Big Twelve 
and it looked like pretty like pretty clearly it looked like the Big 12 was going to stop conference play and that all this was going to be done in the spring and it got to the point apparently that Lincoln was like they were practicing but going through the motions and not actually practicing and they were like this is not this is this is not useful practice at all and like he sent his guys I mean people like to use the language that Lincoln sent his guys home I mean yeah back to their apartments or their dorm rooms (laughs) like they didn't go home home and so for that four or five day period that guys were not under the tutelage of practice that they were just like you know in Norman Jalen Redmond uh, gets stopped with a DUI and of course now Oklahoma is they have nine new COVID cases and it like they have been working in a bubble of some effect but like is the is the nine new COVID cases even really that like does that shock you at all after what happened with Lincoln Riley and what happened with pausing practice uh a little bit but I mean that's the risk you take sending these guys out of what is perceived to be a bubble um around the to the training facility so um, you know, you kind of expected that, you know, one to five would come back with with a case, uh, but nine is kind of a little bit out there. And I, I really I, I really think that it doesn't become a problem unless nine turns into 19. Like, yeah, you don't want exponential growth. And so I guess we'll find out soon enough, right? I mean, especially if the saliva swabs are going to be a thing, <laughs> like a Yale single-handedly saving maybe like several thousands of do- hundreds of thousands of dollars and time on turnaround for COVID cases and I know the Big 12 said they were going to test athletes three times a week which is I mean a lot better than the Houston Athletic Department that said we'll test you if you show symptoms <laughs> at the beginning of all of this it's just, it's just incredible to me and the fact that I mean the, the Power Five conferences want to separate from the NCAA, and there was like the move to create a, a, a players' union. It's just it's mind-boggling that schools are saying, "Man, we're going to lose sixty million dollars. We're going to lose ninety million dollars. We're going to lose one hundred and ten million dollars with no football." And then you look at guy, you, you just you just look at the Big Ten saying, "Well, you know, it's not in the best interest of these student athletes to play because they could get hurt or they could catch COVID." Same for the Pac-12. And then basically we're all waiting. The SEC is the SEC. That, I mean, we knew they were going to go play football. <laughs> Everybody knew the SEC was going to play football. The ACC, that I'm a little shocked, I'm a little surprised. But, again, at the same time, a lot of the schools are still in the South. So they like their football. The Big Ten culturally, uh, I get it. I mean, they're all about academic institutions and academia and whatever. And, you know, but now – the Big 12 all of a sudden turned from like a joke to oh we're gonna play football and now if you're the if you're the Big 10 in the Pac-12 you already you already justify yourself several times as why this is not safe for student athletes so do you think they could even go back on their word and say well never mind we're gonna have we're gonna have football even though opening up camp would be a late now well they're gonna look weak regardless um Obviously, the Big Ten's priorities are elsewhere. Pac-12's priorities are elsewhere. Um, but you have several elite players that want to play, and they're, they're taking the whole the whole group with them. And you have uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, is he the one that started the petition or yeah, he, he Change.org? Had, he had another. He had a petition that's so many signatures, and I just 
I just don't understand. There's parents like signing stuff. It's crazy. It, it, it's just like the Big Ten. Ima- imagine being Justin Fields. Or imagine being in the Big Ten in general and saying, "Oh, you know what? We are not going to play any football games." <laughs> but listen up here. Like and that I, was quick. Like they they were just like, "Yeah, we're done. It, we're not going to play." But they're going to continue to practice. I have no idea. The one way you could get out of it, and I, th- I don't know who brought this up, so I can't credit them. If you know, comment below if you're the person that, that did this. But they said, you know, so and so could. What's the, what's the AD up there? Not AD, co- commissioner, conference commissioner. Oh, it's like someone Warren or I don't even know. You could basically use this new saliva test thing as saying, hey, okay, now we have a cheaper alternative, a faster alternative to testing, so we feel comfortable enough to go on with the season. So it's more about convenient timing. It's still going to look pretty bad on the Big Ten's part if they do. Um, they go through all this you know, this rhetoric where you, it's not safe to play, we're not going to have a season, and then you kind of reverse it because a lot of people push back. I would be, I'd be shocked if the Pac-12 reversed course. I wouldn't be as shocked if the Big Ten did be just because Ohio State's in that conference and they have a chance to go to the national title every single year. And, like, they have a lot of money to gain in the conference. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. But, I like, when this was all coming out about maybe not having football and the Big the Big 12 is, like, the pretty lady that everyone wants to take the dance now because they were going to be the deciding factor on whether it's going to be actual football in the fall. And the reports were that the Big 12 was actually divided. And, I mean, I feel like if Oklahoma and Texas were both on board and were in the same spot, then they just altogether have one decision a lot sooner. But do you get the feeling that because this was drawn out for so long that Oklahoma and Texas were on different sides of the aisle as far as the Big 12 playing football in the fall? No, I think um, I would. I'm sure both schools want to play. I think you look at um, like a domino effect. Like you have an SEC school in Texas A&M that's going to play. Okay, now Texas has to play because they're competing, um, especially in recruiting with Texas A&M. They can't just you know forfeit a season. And now you see, all right, Texas is going to play, so OU wants to play. And it's the same with the ACC. Um, you look at like Florida. So you have to. You, know, you want Miami on the field. You want Florida State. Um, you look at like South Carolina, so Clemson and North Carolina want to play too. So I think I think everyone was on the same page there. It's just really interesting to me because I mean, when Lincoln Riley sent his guys home, he was really positive, and I think Kerry Murdoch put this out there that he was like ninety nine point five percent positive that there would be no football season in the fall, <laughs> and like the coaches, the coaches were aware too. So like the coaches are like halfway into it, knowing that maybe they're practicing for no reason. The players are going through the motions, and you then, think the SEC just domino affected everybody? Man, it's possible. I because the ACC didn't the ACC come out first and say this was going to happen. I think maybe and, I need to look back at the whole timeline. And then the Big Ten said, oh, "Yeah, we're not playing football." And then like an hour and a half later, the Pac-12 said, "Well, that's guess that's our cue. We're not playing football either." And now they might end up looking like total jackasses. Looking at, like, imagine being a recruit and saying only three major conferences of the Power Five play, and meanwhile, (laughs) Michigan, Ohio State, they can't sell anything because they didn't play at all. It's just incredible. I'm trying to think if there's any Big Ten schools that, like, share a state with an SEC school. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I don't think so. 
right? Because that's that's kind of my whole understanding of the situation. So if you have like an SEC school that's going to play, you're going to want your Big 12 schools to play. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just there's just so much. And do you feel like the decision from the Big 12 as far as to play football, do you think that maybe shows what direction certain members of the Big 12 go in realignment? Do you think it means that you know, Oklahoma will be more likely to go to the SEC. Uh, even though President Harrow's was pretty strong worded in his academic pillars of success, which sounds super <laughs> Big Tenny, um, or like with the most recent stuff with the Big Ten in Nebraska, seemingly like sending out SOS alerts that you know Oklahoma and the Big and the Big Twelve might be in business for having a legitimate conference again. Do you think this does anything for realignment in a couple of years? Because I mean, it's it's going to be twenty twenty one before we know it, and the grand rights is going to be up. Oh, absolutely. I mean. You just look at uh, look at 2010 where the Big 12 just like stumbled over itself over and over. You don't have that situation right now. It's almost turned. It's like Bo- Bob Bowlesby like went to church and just like is a renewed person. Like he's he's making steps to where this conference looks capable. Um, you got schools. You know you give the power to the football schools, especially OU in Texas. Um, so I think it has a lot to do with realignment and the perception that the Big 12 isn't what it was, you know, 10 years ago. And that, and that makes sense. And somebody called me, so for those that heard my stuff in the background. <laughs> uh, I mean, that makes sense. And it's just crazy what the perception of the Big 12 is that changed seemingly in a matter of minutes that they were a laughing stock and now the everybody's looking at the big because everybody expected the Pac-12 to not play football. I mean, it's yeah, just, well even it's like a couple of years ago. Like uh, when they looked at expansion, they spent all this money Gosh. researching these schools and ended up saying, "No, we're good." And now, you know, fine. move up to 2020, a huge pandemic and they look like one of the more capable conferences. <laughs> it's just it's unreal and then, like the fact that like it seemed like Nebraska Nebraska like was calling him, and that the Big Twelve said, "Oh, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not looking to add people no, to thank the conference you. at this time." They they specifically said at this time, which makes me think maybe they had looked into it, which is intriguing. But as of now, I mean, just because, just because there is a schedule out, and just because football is supposed to be played in basically three weeks, it's just it doesn't necessarily mean there will be a football season. But like, I mean. It's basically three weeks away. I mean, it you'd be cutting it really close just to not have it. I think, like, you're definitely getting that first game, and you're probably definitely getting that second and third game. I just don't know what it's going to look like a month into the season when that happens. I mean, do, don't you think it's very likely that Oklahoma plays two to three games, but it do, do you think it's more likely or less likely that Oklahoma plays a full season or Oklahoma plays just three to four games. I think it's less likely they play a full season. I think there there's a good chance with the numbers that um, I guess this week they kind of went down a little bit, but um, it's just not a great situation. And you're going to see teams that are going to play without stars, and that's going to be just a nightmare to rank that. Oh man, so, imagine like like the playoff committee is pretty stupid as it is but you know you throw in covid and they're gonna have to take that into account so was there like 14 points of things they have to talk about 
it's just, it's just it's incredible in that you only have three conferences really in it. So, I mean, does that mean now you have like three SEC teams in the final four? <laughs> because there's only one good, there might maybe two good teams in the ACC considering Notre Dame is now like an honorary ACC member for this year. This year, yeah, yeah. And so now you have a ton of teams in the SEC and in the Big 12, you still have to like, you still, you're still going to have to lost only at least one game. We're going defeated to make it in over like a one-loss Alabama or Georgia or Florida, whoever the hell they like. It's just, it's incredible to me. And I mean, our our good friend Seth Oliveris from Crimson and Cream Machine. <laughs> I mean, he was joking around because the WDB highlights guy that said, uh, oh, "What was it? What, what, what did he even say that Oklahoma was wasn't gonna win the title without Baker Mayfield?" Something like uh, that. Wouldn't make the playoffs or wouldn't win like eight games well, or right. something. Yeah, it's like they're not going to win eight or nine games. Like, you don't have Baker Mayfield anymore, and then he refused to eat dog crap. And so Seth Oliveris, not that long ago, said, if we have college football this fall, I will eat a literal piece of dog shit. And that's, of course, what WDBI always said. And <laughs> uh, that didn't age well, Seth. Like, it, like it, aged, it aged really badly within like two days. Can we get Seth to do it live on the podcast? We could. Seth owes me Waterburger, but I haven't I haven't cashed in that bet yet. But I mean, not not looking good, Seth. Not not looking good. <laughs> and and other things that aren't looking good is being in a sorority at OSU. <laughs> not good. Who knew? I just I had to text to one of my buddies that was at OSU. I was like, "Is this real?" And they said, and she said, she said, "Oh yeah, that's real." Uh, like they were somewhere asymptomatic, and then everybody's like really in not good shape. And it's just like, how many, how many, how many sorority sisters are there in one house? Um, it kind of depends. I had someone tell me about this. They said it's upwards like eighty something people into one house. I mean, I guess it's a pretty big building, but jeez, yeah, that's, that's twenty three confirmed cases. Maybe somebody def- refused to. Maybe somebody refused to get a test. Who knows? But, I mean, and then, like, on Twitter, and I'm sure everywhere else, you see the the strip in Stillwater, and everybody's partying, and they're like, oh, OSU needs to, Stillwater needs to shut down the bars, but, like, are totally ignoring on Campus Corner in Norman. It looks <laughs> the exact same. And Lowe's is packed, and everything is not going to be good soon for Norman. And it's like... People want to bag on OSU. It's happening literally everywhere because everybody, all these college kids are back on campus. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You'd be ignorant, which is a fun word to use for a lot of our friends, um, <laughs> to think that you bring a bunch of college kids back on campus into a college town or a college city, something of that that you know equivalent. That these kids are not going to go out to the bar. They're not going to have parties. Like, that's, that's just that's just ignorant. Not have parties. We said this, like, a month ago. We're like, you know, me and you just, we're not too far away from being removed from college. We know what the college life is like. And, you know, every night there's not a class, you're going to go out. Especially if none of your classes are in person. and they're Yeah, online. if you have online classes, you might as well drink during them. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be weird and it's not going to be good. Like, it's it's not gonna matter. I mean, it's it's yeah. 
I think I think the FDA approving that COVID test kit came at the right time <laughs> for all these college kids. The young. Do you think they've just had it in their back pocket as like a, a trump card? Yes, that sounds like it. Not to make it political, but like there's like oh by the way we've had this for about a month and we approved it just now and it's like instead of like <laughs> it's just it's incredible it's it's incredible and people just like they want to make fun of osu and they want to like because of like oh osu can't do it and like mike gundy's refusing to talk about covid and his team as far as like mike gundy's players. probably out there partying he probably is and then like people just like just drive in north just drive by campus tonight it's it's monday and kids are going to be out everywhere because class hasn't started because i mean it's it's just been crazy with moving and whatever and with all that said, with the Big Ten probably not even going to play, maybe, the Pac-12 definitely isn't, wouldn't you assume that it now almost becomes open season for poaching players? Oh, yeah. I tweeted about that. I got a lot of backlash for that tweet. They're like, where are they going to go? There's no scholarships available. And I was like, yeah, well, there are. if you have this many players opting out or wanting to transfer to get into a school that's going to play – the NCAA is going to approve it. That's just what they do. Yeah, and, I mean, you can make room and uh, with a Kennedy Brooks who opts out. Oh, there there you go. Now you now you have one more scholarship player, right? I mean, they, they still have to, from what I understand, they still have to honor their scholarship, but do they go on the scholarship list as far as guys? I think it would count, at least right now, it, it would count towards this, this year's roster. That's kind of crazy, don't you think? Like, if somebody opts out, well, I guess it would make sense though because, but maybe they would have to change it. Like maybe kids like well, let's say they're up to the scholarship limit, and a guy, and a guy opts out, but he plans on coming back next year. Then that messes with scholarship numbers. But if a guy like Kennedy Brooks is opting out to go to the NFL, shouldn't they just not count that against their numbers? That would be too much common sense. That would be. That'd be reasonable. too much common. Yeah, too reasonable for the NCAA who thinks smoking weed is a crime. <laughs> if you're not a quarterback, then God, Tate Martell, man, not good. <laughs> oh man, and we're gonna get to see Miami play, and it's not gonna be Tate starting quarterback. It's gonna be Derek King, which is interesting. And, like Trey Sermon has to be, and not, and like it's not his fault, but he has yeah. to be regretting a lot of things right now, as far as going to Ohio State. I mean, like, he could have won a national title this year. Ohio State's good year in and year out. And he didn't get to play much last year because he was in the doghouse and had some issues with coaches, seemingly. I mean, you might Injury, too. I think, yeah, you might know more of that story than I do as far as the reasons why Sermon was in the doghouse. And then he goes to Ohio State. I mean, is going to be their starting running back. And then the Big Ten cancels their season for now. We'll see. And just, like, I mean, people say, well, would, would Sermon entertain coming back? I don't think he would. Like, what do you think? Probably not at this point. I think, um, I don't think it was a bad breakup, but it's like, all right, best of luck, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I don't think you can just go back on them like, hey, so uh, Ohio State's not playing. Can I come back? And they're like, well, no. Because, <laughs> right. you know, I have an RB room that's ready to play. Um, you, you got Pledger, probably. Um, going to be that RB1 guy. You can't just go through there and say, hey, you know what, uh, TJ, uh, we're bringing Sermon back, so you're going to you're gonna be back up again. And imagine being Trey Sermon. That's just, yeah, 
you would just kill your locker room. You would kill the locker room, and imagine being Trey Sermon, and if you don't start right away after going through all of this, how toxic it could be. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's already a bad start to camp, so. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> right. How much worse can it be? But, no, I mean, you look at guys, let's, you know, let's play hypothetical situation here. Dax Hill wants to play football. Obviously, you're like, hey, uh, Pat Fields, this guy's really good. Um, he's going to come and he's going to compete. But, um, you know, in between the lines, you're probably going to be a rotational guy. Yeah, that'd be a bad look. But at the same time, Oklahoma, <laughs> they, there are linebackers in the portal, and Oklahoma's like, hey, look at that wide receiver <laughs> over there. So that's a nice yeah, they, they love bringing in more wide receivers. But, uh, I mean, there's also running backs in the portal that they haven't really really taken a look at. One of them's a former five-star yeah. uh, with a lot of baggage, which is what OU loves. So. Love baggage. It's it's their favorite. And <laughs> I, it's just it's, it's, it's going to be interesting as far as what happens with guys transferring, guys opting out. I mean, do you think it's possible that the locker room – with the weight of certain decisions of opting in or opting out, I guess it would just be an opt-out because if you just go to practice, I assume you're just opting in. Do you think there could be a possible divide for some players that might be even ostracized? Like Kennedy Brooks might be ostracized. Like the players, like, like they'll say, like, oh, yeah, good luck and, you know, do what's best for you, fam, or whatever the heck they're going to say. But do you think it, they might even, like the majority of the team might ostracize guys that do decide to opt out in a year like this? Yeah, I don't know if Kenny Brooks is the guy because he's. I mean, he seems pretty pretty relaxed, pretty well liked. Um, not really outspoken, but kind of like you know, he's just the good guy in the locker room. Yeah, he's quiet. But um, I'm trying to think of a player that would, let's say, oh, what, maybe Trey Brown. Maybe Trey Brown's like I'm just gonna go to the NFL where. You know, his draft stock probably isn't what it is with Kennedy Brooks. I mean, Kennedy Brooks, he can probably go in the mid-rounds. You look at Parnell Motley, he didn't even make the draft. Yeah. He's an undrafted free agent, so um, it would be tough to see a guy like Trey Brown, who's probably going to play a lot of snaps, um, looking to be a leader on this team and just, you know, opting out. Yeah, that, make, that, make, that makes sense. And I just I'm not saying it's going to happen, right. but... I just, I just feel like there could be very bad things that come of this or just nothing at all and like any time during the off season and before the season no news is great news and the Sooners have had a lot of news over the last two weeks <laughs> I mean it's just not been the funnest but I mean I mean sports are on the horizon it looks like they're definitely going to give that Missouri State game a go and we don't even know if it's going to be pay-per-view or not yet like we're three weeks out of this game. We have no idea. <laughs> it has to be, right? You would think so. It's like a money grab, and everybody is going to pay $60 to see OU whip Missouri State's ass. Unless some network just ponies up, like, we'll give you all the money. And, like, gosh, in that, and think about the amount of primetime slots that are going to be on ESPN, ABC, and Fox without the Big Ten in the Pac-12 playing. I mean, Oklahoma, no more 11 Oklahoma should be playing... 7 p.m. on the regular unless it's OU versus <laughs> Kansas. And even that game might even be a 2 p.m. kickoff or 3, whatever it is. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable how much exposure they're going to get. And they could really take advantage of that. And there's there's a lot to take advantage of for this season. I mean, I don't think I don't, I don't think anybody is mystified that Oklahoma's not going to win a national title this year, right? 
Probably not. This seems more like a, like a transition year. Position, right? yeah, positioning year um, for 2021. In hell, like if if the rumor, it's not even a rumor. It's just a tweet based upon Jaden Hazelwood's close mentor. That I mean, he said Jaden Hazelwood sent him a video, and Sooner Nation is going to be really excited. Which I, I imagine several Sooner fans, and even and even myself, is like, uh, does this mean Jaden Hazelwood's ACL thing is not as bad because his you know, Darren Hood says Sooner fans are going to be excited about Jaden Hazelwood, what he has to show. And so, I mean, even if Jaden Hazelwood does play, I think Oklahoma's ceiling is a, another conference championship. I, I especially Yeah, maybe, maybe a playoff. Maybe playoff if they can really, like, especially if the whole thing with Texas, they're, they're running, Tom Herman's running his death camps again while also... <laughs> installing a new offense and defense getting used to those coordinators and Oklahoma plays them what the fourth game in the season and if Oklahoma Oklahoma's gonna get by Missouri State they're gonna beat Kansas State in Norman they always they should anyways I mean you don't have Jalen Hurts to put you in a bind again um Iowa State and Ames doesn't scare me too much as far as what Iowa State's bringing to the table despite having a really good quarterback I, Oklahoma should go into that Texas game honestly three and zero, and if they can get by Texas without a Ronnie Perkins, and without uh, a Steven a Stevenson, and keeping guys healthy, I mean, I mean the sky really honestly the sky's limit. Playoff is for Oklahoma. I mean, like the 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 most difficult team on the schedule left would be what Oklahoma State in Norman. Oklahoma State maybe that Texas Tech game. Texas Tech has gotten a little bit better, but um, it really depends on if Bowman's going to play. Yeah. But, man, it, it, it should be an interesting season nonetheless. I mean, we, we don't know if we're going to get four games, five games, all the games, three of the games. Just going to cherish that we get football in some sort of facet. And I was watching a football movie the other day. I was watching Remember the Titans, and that's like one of the most classic it's not even not even Disney movies, just sports movies. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I mean it's always on. Was it AMC or something like, like every AMC weekend? AMC or whatever it is, and TNT and all the other ones. And it, it's just like a classic movie. And I realized I was like, wait a minute, how old is this movie? And it's twenty years old. Does it? Does that movie feel like it's God. twenty years old to you? Uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit, but. Um... I don't know. I've never thought of it as... I didn't think it was a 90s movie. I thought it was a little bit before that time. I think it was right at the beginning of 2000 when it was released. Really? I remember... I think I remember news stories coming out that Bob Stoops took his national title team to watch Remember the Titans before <laughs> the Orange Bowl. Let's give this a quick Google search. Yeah, I, I think that's the point. I, I, or not the point. 2000. But yeah, definitely in 2000. It's huh. like 20 years old. So, what are some of the other sports movies that you think are like some of your favorites? Uh, I really like Coach Carter a lot. I thought that was a really good movie. Samuel Jackson. Yeah, uh, Gridiron Gang actually with The Rock. That's a pretty entertaining one. I'm not a big fan of Gridiron Gang. Really? I think it's more of a niche niche movie. I actually pretty in- pretty much enjoyed it, only because you know, remember the Titans was drilled into my head like every football season. Yeah. Um, if you ever like have those like, uh, all right, the football team's gonna watch a movie Thursday night together, so we can do some team bonding. And it's always remember the Titans. 
or if it's like Friday and you have a coach for a teacher and he's busy working on his <laughs> yeah. uh, game game plan instead of actually teaching, those are fun. And like get the TV got wheeled in with a strap around it. Yeah, that's always fun. actually. I went to a, a private Christian school, so we watched um, Facing the Giants. Oh, that's fantastic! Quite a few, t- Hell a few times. Hell yes, that movie is terrible. Man, people. When I was in high school, people loved Facing the Giants, and I I watched it, and I was bored to death. I say that, and like one of the people that were in that movie probably listens to the podcast. Maybe. Are you a Rudy fan? Uh, I'll watch Rudy. I don't really love Rudy. No, don't like the sh- a- don't like the short guys in Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. Well, the problem is I watched uh, Lord of the Rings before Rudy. Mm, okay. So Shana. now I can't unsee it. Yeah. yeah. Samwise. And, and what about? And I really like this movie. What about Glory Road? It's okay. Really? It's okay. I mean, it's not a bad movie. I, I don't know. I I I like Glory Mo- Road more than I like Coach Carter. What other sports movies are we totally missing out on? Space Jam. Space Jam is good. Always a fan of Space Jam. As a kid, I 100% thought Michael Jordan was talking to cartoons. Did you did you understand that as a kid? <laughs> yeah. Or, oh yeah. Like you got like oh this is not real. Like Michael Jordan is not is actually not interacting with Bugs Bunny. No, I thought he was. Yeah, so like as a kid, always... I was like, oh, how the hell is he hanging out with Buzz? bugs and like he just did a bunch of lsd in like as an adult now i'm just like he was in front of a green screen the entire time (laughs) and this really sucks as an adult you really don't like it no i i really liked it as as a kid (laughs) but now that i know michael jordan isn't playing basketball with freaking bugs bunny and all the other guys now i just think it sucks i don't know i mean are you gonna see the second friday night lights the movie Oh, man. See, Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite football movies of all time because it encapsulates just, like, Texas football so well, like, when it play football at all costs and just, like, how serious it was. And then I read the book this summer, and, man, that movie just completely screws up the entire... <laughs> it, it, it just completely screws up the entire narrative. Booby Miles... In reality, he got hurt his junior year in high school and was on the bench to Chris Comer during his senior year, and it was like a, a whiny baby about it. And it, it was just everything is so messed up in the movie as far as the timeline, who plays where, the attitude of Mike Winchell. Like the only thing they really got right is that is Christian Ivory in, in the movie and the book, and as far as him being like not basically hands off to the whole like college game and not talking that much that's basically it i mean oh who's the who's the guy with tim mcgraw's as dad uh i haven't seen it in billingsley so long. billingsley that's what you're, they got the billingsley dynamic down really really well really yeah as far as the book was concerned and like I learned so many things about Odessa Permian and, like, how really messed up and racist that town <laughs> was. And, like, it was known as one of the most dangerous places in America at one point. Like, it's just not good. Uh, but, I mean, I, I still like the movie, but the book was really, really good. I actually really recommend it. And they, they did Dallas Carter dirty in the movie. Like, Dallas Carter was, like, they had their own academic issues as far as, <laughs> like, yeah. 
he was in. with football. No, <laughs> there's a lot, but I, I recommend that book to anybody. Honestly, that, that book is really really good. But oh man, I, it's, yeah, it's 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 fun. I mean, are you? Do you? How do you think? And I've been thinking about this not that long ago. Let's say OU tickets, and they're gonna have fans for the first however many games, and they're all they're all digital. And so, like, it, it'll be like a pass. I imagine it'll be like on your Apple wallet, kind of like that, like a plane ticket. If those things are being scalped on the street somehow, I don't know how it works. Like, <laughs> Venmo me first and don't cancel it. How's that, how does that work? But I know if those things got to the public, which they would, how many, how, how much money do you think your average ticket would go for? Probably at least double, at least for the first game. Like you from Missouri State, would you pay two hundred dollars for like an end zone seat? Yeah, probably. Wow. I wouldn't do it, but I could see, I could see people going for it. I could too, but once they found out they have to wear a mask, do you think they would stop? Oh, if they if they knew they had to wear a mask, they're not even showing up. Yeah, she's like, they're like, what? Like I I say that, but <laughs> at the same time, people will do anything for the football season, and I feel like they will definitely do like they'll do anything for OU football right now. What if we're just like caught off guard and everybody has like uh, like the most industrial grade masks going into the stadium? Like they've been just investing all summer. I mean, yeah, it would be full hazmat suit. I uh, I bet we see a hazmat suit on campus. You would have to, right? Someone's gonna do it. It reminds me of the office when Dwight Schrute buys his own hazmat <laughs> suit, and he's like, if you use it more than three times a year, might as well buy it, and he calls everybody else renters. When they have lice in the office. Do you think it's too late for us to like go in on like a college football licensed hazmat suit, like just do like a crimson one? Oh yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think it is. I don't think I think this idea is a great <laughs> money making idea. Like we don't we don't need to sell shirts here at crimsonandcreammachine.com. We're gonna sell crimson and cream. <laughs> licensed hazmat suits for people on campus, people that want to go to the games, people that want to go to Logies. Like we can, we can make sure, like a special, a special like face mask sort of thing where you can, you know, get drunk with your buddies and stay relatively safe in a hazmat suit. Like get one of those like drunk helmets yes. where you have the two beers in it and just like feeds down into the hazmat mask. Or you ever seen the movie Bubble Boy? Yes. Stick that thing in the little like compartment, <laughs> in the little compartment, and you press the button, and it sanitizes everything, and you just get drunk inside the bubble, a walking bubble. There you go. I think I think we've solved the pandemic. Let's <laughs> just bubble boy this shit. Big Ten's back. Pac-12's back. I mean, it's not like some people don't live like some people don't live their life in a bubble, their own bubble, anyway. So I mean, like it, it it's it, it's a metaphor and real, and it works everywhere. Man, I man, I, I I I that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Um, I don't know. Did we cover David Abiara? No potential we th- didn't. that news. Little little last minute recruiting tidbit. Um, Notre Dame's been landing a couple commits, especially at the same position as David Abiara. Um, so I think that pretty much, if you want to read the the writing on the wall, it looks pretty good for OU. Especially with Burris committing to A and M. Right. It feels like it feels like we've been waiting on Abiara for a long time. It's been like a month and a half. It had, like we thought we were gonna have the, a massive July, and like and, and like 
that sounds bad to say because I mean you only you just it's not like you just didn't get one of the best players in the United States, you know, <laughs> in July. But guys like Julio Farouk and other names that like you know 100% are probably going to be Oklahoma Sooners that just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Because Farouk's coming up. I think he's waiting on like a, a certain date. I think it's like his mom's birthday. Uh, yeah, a family significance. And so like everything's happening like in late August and in the middle of September. And so right. I mean it could be like. Let's say the season stalls or like or the season doesn't stall, so you can really just celebrate over the Big Ten over commitments you may be getting and the fact that you actually have a game on Saturday instead of practice. Right. Do you, so. do you think Big Ten schools are actually gonna practice on Saturday to stop other players from watching football and getting really angry and like mutinying? Uh, I think you'd have to, because that's just going to piss everybody off. It'll be bad when if they're sitting home, like, just watching football. And I can imagine the Twitter fights that would happen as far as if, like, <laughs> Dax Hill or – not that he, Dax Hill would do that, but just guys that are like, oh, so-and-so sucks and, like – Justin Fields transfers back to Georgia. In like, all of a sudden you have guys transferring to another school like that, or you just have another player that, you know, apparently Dax Hill said sucks, saying, well, I mean, like, at least we get to play. And, and so, like, it, it, the, the Twitter fights would just be enormous from there. So it'll be it'll be fun. But, I mean, the next time we talk, I mean, hell, Kelvin Gilliam will probably be up and probably be a Sooner. And so you have two teammates from that DMB area that are looking good for OU. And it's really good to, I mean, it, it's very It good, seems like we're in the up and up, Very good hopefully. for optics that you can get a defensive lineman away from Penn State. That's true. Penn State has a uh, pretty good, pretty good uh, pass in doing some defensive line work. Especially with Gilliam, who was originally a Penn State lean, was he not? At one point, I think a lot of people considered him like a silent commit. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Like a lock. But yeah, I mean, that's all for me. Steven, want to tell them where they can find the Discord? Yeah, we uh, we have a little Discord for the website. Um, we just signed there talking about recruiting, football, basketball. Um, really anything, um, and it's on 24-7, uh, but we'll, we drop invites here and there. Um, but if you want one, you know, anytime it's not out there, just give us a DM. And that is it, but thanks, guys, for listening. Um, it's interesting time, but I really appreciate everybody for listening, reviewing the podcast. Uh, we are upon football season. Fall camp has officially started again, or whatever you want to say. People are coming on campus. We'll see how that works over the next couple weeks. You guys can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, pretty much where you can get one. So if you guys would give us a five-star review, that would be well appreciated. And we will talk to you guys next time.